Welcome to A Mom's Passion Project, the podcast celebrating the incredible drive and creativity of moms, even if you don't always feel that way. Hi, I'm Natalie Jean. I'm your host. And as moms, we often find ourselves immersed in the beautiful chaos of raising a family, but we also have passions and dreams that deserve to be nurtured and pursued. In this podcast, we will explore various topics from finding your passion amidst the busyness of motherhood, overcoming challenges and self-doubt, to balancing family life and pursuing your dreams. We'll dive into practical aspects such as marketing, time management, and building a support network. Here we go. Hey, so today I thought I would bring us into a real life situation and where it's just a chance for me to kind of share where I'm at in my own current personal passion project and just kind of keeping it real, right? And it's kind of funny because a part of me is like, why would I do this? It just feels so much like, here, look at me. That's all about me. And that's the opposite of what I want to do. I wanted to share this because I wanted it to come across as, as very real. Like this is where I'm at. And I kind of thought of it too, because when we hiked the Grand Canyon, I took a video of us in the middle of the hardship. And that video I cherish so much because watching the video, it takes me back to that moment in time where things were really hard and we could laugh about certain things and other things that I just remember being like, oh my gosh, when is this ever going to end? And also being now on the other side of that whole journey, looking back and saying, that was really hard. And I had no idea what was coming in those next several hours. But so I just wanted to kind of share real time, real life situation of me in the middle of this personal passion project. So when you are in a middle of your passion project, you can kind of relate to this. And I'm sure I'm sure you will. So we kind of are at, I would you know, say we're at the halfway mark of this whole fitness competition training plan. Now, when I say halfway mark, I'm kind of taking a 12 week time frame. So that means we are about six weeks out from the competition. I've already completed six weeks for the fitness, like the workouts and the nutrition. But if I'm being super honest, this has been a journey for several, several years, right? It takes it all the way back to what I learned of you know, how to exercise in high school and then the marathons and it's all just been building blocks. So even though I'm in the halfway mark of this passion project, when you're thinking of your own passion projects, there really is kind of no middle road of like when it started and when it's ending because it's all just a continuous journey. So take that with a grain of salt, but just to give you some kind of backstory of where this whole competition came into play for this year. So it's a big year for me. I turned 40 this year and I've definitely wanted to have some kind of goal. It didn't need to be physical goal, but just something that I could say, oh yeah, when I turned 40, this is what I did that year. So back in April, my sister-in-law did a competition, her very first competition in secrecy. (laughs) Um, She obviously told her husband and the people she worked with, but no, none of us knew until the day of the show and even after it was over. We So it was probably like the next day, right? Well, they had come over to our house the next day and her and I were just talking because it brought back so many memories, so many uh, thoughts and feelings of going through competitions when I did this. Gosh, it's been at least seven, eight, nine years, something like that. My very first one was... Mm, 
12 years ago, I think. And then I kind of just did them within those first like a year or two time frame. Um, so we just kind of really got to talking about it and it just brought back so many memories and, and thankfully they were really good memories. Now I've kind of talked about it before where I've had trainers that just made me feel terrible. I've had experiences in the, in, in this, um, world, if you will, that just weren't super positive. So it is kind of surprising sometimes that I'm wondering like, <laughs> why am I doing this again? Um, but I think it's just kind of when we were able to talk together and going through those those thoughts and emotions and feelings that you had when you were in the middle of, of training um, and doing the actual show. It's, again, I talked about it last week. It's like, or maybe it was the week before, I don't know, about birthing a baby. It's like you forget all of it and you just remember the good things. So uh, back, she did that back in April. And then there was a show in June that I was like, I could really train really hard for this and, and go all in. And it just didn't feel right. It didn't sit right. Uh, her and I talked about maybe doing one together. And then when I looked it up, I was like, there's one at the end of the year. And again, this was like, you know, months ago. I'm like, I have so much time. that <laughs> This is like end of the year. Oh my gosh, you have so much time. But here we are six weeks out from the show. Um, but in May, I did hire a trainer from like online mostly because I have diastasis recti, which is the splitting of abs, and it's from pregnancy, which has caused a lot of back issues for me because my core is very weak. Even to this day, I am five years postpartum, but I still struggle with this uh, core issue. So I hired this trainer to help me um, with her exercise program, and it was a 12-week program, and then she also helped coach on macros. Being in the fitness industry and everything, I've never really focused on macros. I'm, I hate tracking food. I hate measuring food. All of that, I've always just kind of either followed something like Whole30 where it's like you can eat these things, don't eat these things, and you don't have to worry about how much necessarily you're eating of, of it. And th that's always worked for me really well in the past. But I wanted to learn, you know, macros. And lo and behold, I realized that I am not eating enough food and that's mostly because I just am so busy that I just don't have time. So I just snack, right? I just kind of eat on the go or whatever. So what I had to do back in mid-May is really learn how to, to eat more food and healthy foods and work on what was called a reverse diet. So I was every couple of weeks, I was increasing my calories, increasing my protein, fats, and carbs up to, I think I increased it by... I want to say about 500 calories over the course of, of the 12 weeks and kind of hitting, you go into a maintenance, which is the, the number of macros that you are to eat to maintain your, you know, your health and your physique and, and as long as you're staying active and all of that stuff. Right. So I was for those 12 weeks. So that was from like mid-May to about mid-August. I kind of took a couple weeks off in July for vacation, but I was really focusing on the reverse diet and adding more food into everyday eating to kind of get me where I'm at. So even though, you know, again, I say I'm like at this halfway mark, training probably really started back in May and obviously even before that time. But um, so learning how to, how to do macros and um, I did that all up until about um, the first part of September when my son and I went on his birthday trip. We went to Tacoma, Washington, and I knew when I was coming back, that was about 12 weeks out from the competition, 
And I was like, okay, I'll just start when we get back. So we got back home on a Monday. And then Tuesday, September 19th is when I really started the diet where, you know, it's a lot of protein, minimal carbs and fats, and it's just a, a, a lot different, right, than what I was used to eating because now I'm going into a cut. So I was in a reverse diet to increase my macros. Then I stayed at maintenance for a, um, several weeks, and then I'm going into a cut, which is going to only enhance my results. So this is super important. This is way off topic. But if you are looking to lose weight and you're going in and, and you think you need to cut food, I would really highly reconsider that, especially from my own personal experiencing, realizing that I wasn't eating enough food. Chances are you will probably need to actually be eating more food over the course of several weeks before you go into a cut to actually lose fat. That's a total side tangent. But um, so... Uh, going into that cut on September 19th, first day of eating that super healthy way, and September 19th was also the day that we had football practice, and the day that I was doing a relay race with the 7th and 8th grade team, and I stepped wrong as I was sprinting. I go tumbling down like a sack of potatoes, and I get back up to run again, not realizing I had done some, some major damage to my right hamstring. So I get back up to run again, and my leg just gives out on me, and I fall to the ground. Super embarrassing, super frustrating, and if you followed along at all on the, my Instagram stories or anything you know that I've shared personally, it was, it was definitely a struggle. So literally day one of this new diet and really getting back into my workouts, I have this huge setback, and I talked about it on a previous podcast uh, as well, but... Um, so I'm in this major setback. I can't walk. I have to scoot my way around the house, which is literally from the couch to the bathroom and back to the couch. Um, ultimately, I get crutches, and then I wear a um, compression sleeve. I'm icing my leg. I'm elevating my leg. I can't sleep at night. I'm sleeping on the couch for several nights because I can't even make it up the stairs. So there, you know, I, I was in tears. I was like, what the heck? You know, I have this goal. I've been thinking about it for months. I've been working towards it really for a while. I'm turning, I turned 40 this year. This is the one goal that I had that I was like, this is going to be something. This is the goal for the, the year that I turned 40. And, you know, my mindset just kind of, you know, went to crap. And I've shared about that as well. Um, but one blessing, huge blessing, and I hope I communicate this in the in the best way because so I can't get up. I can barely, you know, stand on even one leg because I'm having so much pain down the right hamstring, even if I stand and let my leg kind of hang there. Too much pain. So my husband is fully responsible for my food intake and being day two now, right? Because the injury happened at the end of day one. So on day two of my whole diet, um, I was really struggling uh, to, to move. I couldn't move. So my husband is fully responsible for my food. So I had printed out my menu. It was on the side of the fridge. And so I was like, hey, can you just, you know, what's the breakfast say? Can you give me that breakfast? Okay. What's the mid morning snack say? Okay. Can you give me that? And he did this now for pretty much that whole first week. 
So again, right, I had this thought of like, why am I even doing this? Like, I'm not even going to be able to compete. I can't even walk. How in the heck am I going to continue to work out? But there's my husband gently, you know, um, pushing me to like not throw in the towel, just to keep going forward, taking one step at a time and sticking to my diet. So true blessing, because otherwise, if I was able to get up and move on my own, sure as heck, I probably would have reached for the cookies or the Oreos or something else because I would have been like, never mind, this wasn't meant to be, Um, which is something I talked about last week with failures. So check that out. So it was a huge blessing because it got me on track. I couldn't get on track physically uh, in one aspect, right? But I could stay on track or get on track and stay there with the nutrition. And I very much have my husband to thank for that. So so that's kind of the backstory of where we're at. Here we are now. We're halfway through. Uh, and I'll be completely honest with you. I mean, I look at that day, six weeks from now or whatever, and I I can see it, right? I visualize it. I, I picture the event and how things kind of unfold. Um, but for sure, there are many days that I just want to to throw it all away and just be like, you know what, um, especially nutritionally, oh my gosh, I'll do all the workouts you want me to do. Just let me eat what I want to eat. I don't want to, you know, eat the bland this and the bland that. And um, so I've nutritionally, I've kind of um, made up my own way <laughs> through this. So, right, okay, now the menu might say this many ounces of egg whites, this many ounces of chicken, you know, half a cup of rice and some broccoli, whatever. And I actually kind of go on a different route and and do a recipe, like a much more exciting recipe with flavor. And I try to stick, right, I stick with the uh, number of protein and um, I kind of ballpark it with the carbs and the fats. So by all means, I am not perfect in this area whatsoever. And there are days where I've eaten, you know, a couple bowls. When And I say bowls, I make them real tiny. <laughs> I put them actually in like a little coffee cup of cereal. And I'll put a little bit of cereal in there and I'll do uh, cashew milk. And so then I'll eat it. But then I will also eat another cup of it and then another cup and another cup but I'm like whatever so there are definitely days where I just I do kind of throw in the towel and I am still having issues with my leg I've tried to jog and and I as of this weekend I went out kind of for a jog this weekend outside and I was able to go a little further and longer but when I was on the treadmill even just the day before I could only do like two minutes at a time before my right leg would fatigue and it's the strangest feeling and me being a runner, it, it can be very mentally taxing because it, it, it makes you want to give up. It makes you think like, oh, my gosh, like it's such a setback that you think if only this didn't happen to me, where would I be? And so you can get into this very bad mindset. Um, also, you know, halfway through, sometimes I have those thoughts of this is so dumb. Like, why am I doing this? It feels very selfish, for sure. You know, I have to I, I eat differently than my family, um, but that's actually not really all that abnormal because my kids are so difficult to feed. That's another topic. Um, sometimes I feel like it's very self-absorbed because 
you know, I want to share about my journey, whether it's like on social media or this podcast, but sometimes it, it just feels like, hey, look what I'm doing. Look at this. And that's not what I want. I just want to share the journey, but it can feel very self-absorbed. Um, you know, you think about there's far more crucial things happening in this world. Like there's a war going on right now. And I'm worried about am I going to have enough protein today? I'm worried about how am I going to buy another thing and buy and eat another, um, you know, protein, whatever. Um, there's, there's literally a war happening right now. And I'm worried about very, very minuscule things. And that's hard to, that's hard to grasp sometimes. Um, I just recently found out that one of the kids on our football team, one of the football teams, uh, his mom has cancer and it just, you know, it sets reality in very quickly. Um, I have a friend whose son has been in the hospital for several days now and seeing pictures of him, it just like brings me to tears because again, there are so much, there are so many more important things happening in life and here I am sharing about my food or my workout or I'm flexing in a, in a social media picture. And it, it seems so silly. Um, one of the things, too, it's really interesting is about three years ago, I had a coaching client. We, I was training her for a half marathon. And the very, very same thing was happening to her where she um, told me, she's like, this goal just seems so silly. And this popped up on my you know, my stories from three years ago. So I took actually a screenshot because I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Um, but she was like, this goal seems so silly. My best friend's husband is in the hospital and he's just not doing well right now. And it just kind of brings you back to, there are definitely far more important things in this world than training for a half marathon, than training for a fitness competition, than sewing, you know, baby clothes for your neighborhood or whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, so I did want to bring up why it is important to persevere. And this is very much for myself as it is for, for you listening when you're in the middle of whatever passion project that, that is for you. So three things here, um, for why it's important to persevere. So number one is the unexpected breakthroughs. You go through your passion project and this journey not knowing what's going to come at the end of it or if there is even an end, right? But these unexpected breakthroughs, whether it's personally, it could be professionally, it could be relationally with your spouse or your kids or um, new friends or your network or whatever, and it could be a breakthrough spiritually. I know for me... Um, Brandon Lake's album just came out and I've been listening to it nonstop while I'm working out. And it's so different for me when I'm working out than when I'm in church. It's so funny. When I'm working out by myself in my garage and listening to music, especially right now with Brandon Lake's new album, I am like, I'm so glad there's not cameras in my, <laughs> my garage because I am so into it and I will be dancing and I will be whatever things that I don't even do in church. So there's these unexpected breakthroughs that happen. And so it's important to persevere, even when you might feel like some their, your goal is so silly. 
of course, um, it brings you joy and fulfillment in your life, into your life. You know, if we were just to sit here and be so down on the war that is happening, on the cancer that is, you know, infecting people for absolutely no reason, and there's just so many questions around it, um, it's it, it brings joy to your life, and we can't just sit here and and ponder the why do good things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? Um, so bringing joy and fulfillment into your own life. And then what may feel so silly right now may ultimately hold significance for you in the future, whether it's for you or your family or a friend group or a total stranger that you've never met before. It's important for you to persevere in your passions because you don't know what kind of significance is going to come from it. And so it's kind of that uh, putting feet to your faith. And I think that's super, um, you just need to really embody that and, and think about that. So for me, I've got six weeks to go to, this one does have an end. <laughs> this fashion project, there is an end date. Um, but it's funny because no matter what, what passion project you're working on, time is going to pass whether you decide to stick to the goal or not. Time is very fleeting. It's going, it's passing by. And I had this conversation with a friend um, over the weekend, just how fast time is going, especially when you have kids in that are school age. It's just, it's hard to believe that you are where we are right now at this, you know, age. Um, to think that I'm 40 this year just blows my mind. I mean, my parents just sent me a box from home because they had their carpets redone. And it's like all my stuff from high school, a lot of it. And, you know, cards from when I turned 18. And um, it's very nostalgic for sure. But what is also important, I think, when you are kind of in the midst of, of this passion project, for me, like I visualize the day after the event, right? So yes, I visual, visualize the day of the event and being on stage and all that. Um, I think that's important. And I think it's important for you when you're thinking of your, your passion project, like what does that look like? Picture it in your head and, and play it out and play it through. But for me, I very much think of the day after the event, because obviously that's what I'm looking forward to the most, so that you can look back and be like, it was worth it. It might have felt silly. It might have seemed selfish. It might have seemed um, not really all that important, but it actually was because it held, it holds the significance because it had you had this unexpected breakthrough because it really truly brought you joy and fulfillment in your life. And I think that's super important. So I just wanted to share kind of where I was at in the middle of this uh, whole fitness competition training. And I hope you found it uh, useful and helpful for whatever it is that you're facing right now yourself. So let me just go ahead and we'll close out in prayer. Uh, dear God, we just thank you today. Um, we're so grateful for the people that we are surrounded by, for the country that we live in, for the opportunity to be able to to talk about you in any way that um, brings joy to to our world and to your um, existence, God. And I just want to pray for the woman who is going through a passion project. Maybe she's smack dab in the middle of something and and feeling like it's too silly or feeling like it's too self-absorbed. And God, I pray that you help us 
to to make it so it's not about us, but it's about you and what our actions are doing are there because we want um, to show the light that you have in our lives so other people can see it. So God, we thank you. We love you. Amen. Thank you for joining us on A Mom's Passion Project. We hope our conversations have ignited your creativity and inspired you to pursue your own passions. Remember, being a mom doesn't mean sacrificing your dreams. It means finding the strength to chase them alongside your motherhood journey.